Welcome to Love, Words, and Poetry, a podcast that celebrates the connections that flow from love to words to poetry and back again. I'm Victoria Mary Thatch, a published poet. I'll be reading a few of my poems, pondering a word or phrase that intrigues me, and sharing some of the love letters my husband and I wrote over a period of 30 years that give insights into how we built a deeply loving and passionate marriage. The first poem I'll read today was published in the fall of 1994 in Parnassus Literary Journal. To make it more accessible, I'll go through the phrases of the day first. Lime Ridge was the name of the development in Concord, California, where we moved from our home in New Jersey, where Wes had lived all his life. Lime Ridge had about nine model homes left, and one of them had a stunning view of Mount Diablo from the living room window. That was the house we bought. As mountains go, Mount Diablo isn't particularly tall, only 3,849 feet. However, it's surrounded by low rolling hills and broad valleys, so the view from the summit is remarkable. Under the best conditions, you can see almost 200 miles. The best viewing is often the day after a winter storm. Then you can look to the west, beyond the Golden Gate Bridge to the Farallon Islands, southeast to the James Lick Observatory on Mount Hamilton at 4213 feet elevation, south to Mount Loma Prieta in the Santa Cruz Mountains at 3,791 feet elevation, north to Mount St. Helena in the Coast Range at 4,344 feet elevation, and still farther north to Lassen Peak in the Cascades at 10,466 feet. North and east of Mount Diablo, the San Joaquin and Sacramento rivers meet to form the twisting waterways of the Delta. To the east beyond California's great central valley, the crest of the Sierra Nevada seems to float in space. All in all, you can see over 8,539 8, square miles and parts of 40 of California's 58 counties from the top of Mount Diablo. Mount Diablo became a fixture in many of my poems, but this was the first one that was published. Lime Ridge, August. The fence stands stark against my view of Mount Diablo, cool and blue, distant and discordant in the sky, challenging the endless gold and sand and brown. Sharp-spined weeds, a dusty green, with rusty yellow flowers defiant of the sun. Hedged in, I dig in clay, add compost and manure, rake and dibble, plant and till, water jealously, and lay a snare for spring. The love letters I'm reading now are from our original weekend, but from Saturday evening, and you can easily see how much closer and more loving we'd become just in the course of that one day. 
my letter I wrote, my lovable Wes, I still feel a little nervous each time we go off to start our letters and start our dialogue, but you've made it so much better each time by the way you hold and touch me and being willing to talk about it in front of the group almost, but not quite, surprised me and made me feel really neat. And though at first I thought it would be really trivial, I realized that our nonverbal communication is important and something I really would like to talk about tonight. It makes me feel secure to know I can say that and you won't think it's silly. It's made me feel so tremendously happy and loved to feel you touching me more, comforting me, and sharing with me in ways that add to your words. It just hit me with amazing strength that you have really showed your love by your willingness to use nonverbal communication when I almost expected you to say or think, well, that's fine for everybody else, but it's not for me. I don't need it or won't do it. We've talked and even thought about it before, but I had begun to think of it as a dead issue. You were the way you were because you grew up in a non-demonstrative family, and it didn't mean you didn't love me as much as a husband who would be more openly affectionate. I sometimes even took pride in the way we were and how little people would suspect of the depths of our relationship. Yet when you showed that you were willing to act differently to help me and love me, it made me realize how much more we already have gained because of your caring. All my love, me. And in his letter, Wes wrote, Dear Vicki, I would really like to talk more tonight about those things that we find difficult to communicate about. I really felt when we were talking about some of those things today that we were drawing very close to each other. I know I felt very close to you. I felt like I was getting to know you better and that this would really improve our marriage. Your listening to me on these various topics makes me feel loved and needed. I feel like I am giving myself to you totally, sharing all my feelings with you. I also would like to share very much my encounter with self exercises from this morning. That way I could feel that I was now giving you everything I have written today about my feelings. In anticipation, love always, Wes. The closing poem was from our old life on the East Coast and the opposite season, written before I was even married when I worked in Manhattan on the corner of Riverside Drive and 81st, where the wind coming off the Hudson River made the winters brutal. It was published December 22, 1994, in Walt's Corner in the Long Islander newspaper, beneath a sketch of Walt Whitman, so I felt as if I were in good company. New York City, December 12th. Winter is upon us in clutch of thicker skies and brooding in the eyes squeezed up against the air that etches aching in the bones. We all know building corners turn us out in windy spaces, but we are no more gregarious, no warm nesting in the herd. Winter is upon us, 
sets us loose upon ourselves. Lest we end on a negative note, right now it's July in Southern California, and I wish you many beautiful views of your own Mount Diablos, cool and blue.